Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals up to another live, Q not live Q&A, for the purpose of singleness course week 15. And today we're going to be talking about how to control your emotions. Hope you all doing exceptional. I'm going to give you guys and gals an opportunity to come into the live feed. I have a lot of points that I want to show and go over this evening. Look what we have. And for those who wants to know more about our course, the course sparked from this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness. And as uh, the book talking about, are you whole or full of holes? And today we're going to be talking about how to control your emotions. So I'm going to give you guys and gals an opportunity to come into the live feed. Let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country. And if you want more information in regards to the worksheet, you can go to my website, lifework.teachable.com. Let me go ahead and add that website right now. Uh, lifework.teachable.com. I'll make sure I get that information for you. So we can get you right to the right link to go ahead and download today's worksheet because uh, well, the points that I have for you all today is going to be beneficial. Give me one second. All right. There you go. But I hope you all doing this. Well, go ahead and share. Go ahead and get this broadcast. Let me go ahead and show this right here for those um, who want to get that um, that link downloaded. But let's get right into it. Let me know where you guys are watching from. Let me look at the comment section. What's going on, Lion Lion? <clears throat> Chelsea Williams, what's going on? Good evening, coach. What's going on? My wife's in the building. What's up, Lion Lion? Uh, uh, George Falcon, what's going on? We ready to get rolling. Amanda, what's going on? Says the humble one. Hey, coach from Detroit. I got your email. I'll respond to you ASAP. Let's see who else in the building. Ivana, what's going on? Thank you for watching. Watching from Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you so much for watching. Hi, I'm watching from Cleveland, Ohio. Cool, cool, cool. Perfect timing. So frustrated with being single with no friends at 24 years old. I understand. I understand. North Carolina is in the building. Let's give you all an opportunity to get back in here. And then we'll get started. Thank you all so much for watching. But let's get right into our notes. For those who are just now joining me, you're right now watching uh, part 15 of my Purpose of Singleness course. And today we're going to be talking about how to control um, your emotions. And uh, we're going to get right into our points here because I got a lot of things that I want to cover this evening um, to make sure that we really understand the importance of controlling our emotions. But our main thought and goal for today is the goal is to control. Oh, the goal is emotional control. The goal or the thought for today's session is the goal is emotional control. Now, the question for tonight is what's giving food to your mood. What's giving food to your mood? The talking points are four uh, talking points. What are emotions? How emotions end up controlling us? Signs your emotions are controlling you? And how to increase your emotional intelligence and control? Again, our four points today is what are emotions? How emotions uh, end up controlling us? Signs your emotions are controlling you? And how to increase your emotional intelligence and control. Let's get right into what are emotions. Let's get to the definition. The definition of an emotion, I have three definitions here that we're going to go over today. Definition is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. A definition of emotion is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. Another definition of emotion is an instinctive or intuitive feelings 
as distinguished from reasoning or knowledge. Last definition I have that I always use in my books or wherever I uh, share points is your emotions are just the indicator of a present mood. Let's get right into the problem. Many singles or people are too emotional to properly engage and steward what God has for them. Many singles or people are too emotional to properly engage or steward what God has for them. They are too easily triggered. The problem when it comes to singles or people, period, is that many people or singles are too emotional to properly engage and steward what God has for them. They are too easily triggered. Let's talk about that. It's unfortunate how many people are too emotional who are not balanced internally, who are easily triggered to be able to be good stewards for what God has for them. It's important for you and I to understand or to look deeper into our emotional intelligence to see, are we able to truly discern our circumstances, to really discern um, um, what are we really wrestling against, to be able to really navigate life without being so consumed with uh, being triggered. The enemy's ultimate objective is for us to be more emotional than spiritual, more emotional than logical, keeping us from really truly discerning and being mature enough not to allow our circumstances or our relationships or different things in our lives to control who we are. That's why it's very important for you and I to really process, am I spiritually mature to be able to manage what God has for me? Am I able to not just get there and not just to receive it, but am I able to manage it? It's very important for you to really process are you able to manage what it is that you desire from God? Do you have the emotional intelligence to walk away from unnecessary things, to be able to navigate life without being so caught up in, in, in what could possibly be demonic triggers trying to trigger you uh, into a place where you squander what you have? Let's break down some of these definitions of emotions so that you can get a better stand. For the last couple of weeks or last week, we talked about um, how your soul is comprised of, of multi-layered uh, 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 characteristics that within your soul is your mind, not your mind, but your memories, your thoughts, your perspectives, your emotions. And we talked a little about emotions, but, but your emotions is actually an intelligence. Your emotions actually, uh, 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 it follows your beliefs. But let's get right into some points. Let's break down the definition. It says, that the definition of an emotion is a natural, instinctive state of mind. State of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. Meaning, it's an instinctive state that, that your emotions let you know what's going on around you. Your emotions let you know based upon your mental state and your mental maturity. It lets you know or, or lets you or give some level of a feeling about what's going on in your circumstances, like fear. Like if you're in an environment that, that makes you kind of nervous, you have nervous feelings that arise. If you're in an environment or a circumstance that's beneficial to you, you may have the emotions of happiness arise. It's, it's a level of, of connection to your circumstances, connection to your feelings and connections to your relationships. But it's very important that we increase the intelligence of our emotions that in regards to our mind state, where we're able to really perceive what it really is that's going on so that we do not allow our relationships to cause us 
to wrestle with one another, but we know from our intelligence by being connected to the Christ mind and allowing the Holy Spirit to renew our mind, we're now able to say, you know what, this is not worth my emotion. Or if I do feel fear, greater is he that's within me than, than he that is in the world. And, and when, when you feel happiness rise, you kind of make sure, am I going, am I too hype about this? Am I, am I flooding into idolatry? You're able to hone in those feelings based upon your mind's mature state. But if your mind is immature and your mind is not uh, uh, working on all cylinders and you're not able to truly perceive through the Holy Spirit, your circumstances and your relationships, then you're going to engage emotionally and your brain is on ice, but your heart's on flame. And now all of a sudden you're emotionally engaging into something that can cost you money, that can cost you resources, that can cost you a job, that may cost your relationship or potentially cost you your life. Like for me, when I used to play basketball, I was so competitive to the point to where that 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 I felt like I had to prove something that I that I had to prove that I was great. And then sometimes when someone tried me or called me outside of my name, I got emotional. I got engaged and then I found myself outside of my my Christian character and I had to really take a step back and say, man, why was I about to fight this guy over the game of basketball? There's no scouts out here. And then when I really saw myself outside of myself, I took uh, 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 um, some notes and I said, coach or Josh, I don't call myself coach, but I looked at myself and said, man, you got to make some changes because you can't allow yourself to get so caught up in in living by living uh, in out in an antiquated phase of your life in high school, trying to prove that you got a good basketball game, that it puts you out of your character. So I had to examine why and why 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 am I so competitive? What's this goat complex in my mind? And I had to really get that whole goat complex out of my mind and stop getting so caught up in trying to prove that I'm great at what I do to try to prove because all I got to do is prove Christ. If he be lifted up, he'll draw. But sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves that if we're in the right environment at the wrong time, we can lose what took us time to build. And that's what I always got to examine. Where is my mental state in these certain circumstances? What's my mental state in each of these relationships? What is my mood like in these unique situations? And I got to make sure I allow the Holy Spirit to renew those areas of my mind so that when I'm in that moment of time, I can perform fine. You see what I'm saying? That I'm not going to sit there and get caught up in, in, in this uh, uh, old carnal thinking that now my emotions rise and now I'm engaging and all the things that I've built throughout my life is in, is vulnerable because, because of what I envision uh, myself to be that's outside of Christ. It's a natural instinctive state of mind. It's, it's a way of thinking. Your emotions is connected to your thoughts. Your emotions can connect to your mind. It's a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. The next definition is an instinctive or intuitive feeling as distinguished from reasoning or knowledge. Now, what does that mean? The level of your mind, the level of your thinking, the level of your maturity state of mind will determine the type of emotions you allow to uh, 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 activate, if that makes sense. That, that my emotions is a form of intelligence that I got to make sure, okay, the more I allow the Holy Spirit to renew each compartment of my mind so that when it's time to perform, it, <clears throat> I won't allow my emotions 
to, to, to run rampant because many of us, we got to look at our minds, the mind of Christ as embankments. So that, that controls the flow of the river of our emotions. But if we get above or start thinking above and start getting caught up in, in the elements and get caught up in this world system, then our emotions will flood above, but above that mindset and flood into every area of life, destroying things, damaging things. And how many of us in certain circumstances, because our mental state hasn't been renewed in those areas. And like I said in previous videos, it is not about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not about um, um, we need more of him. It's about us needing more of him. Oh, it's not about us need more of him. It's about us giving him more access to us. So that we'll say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you access to this way of life. So any area that you perform out of the Christ character, out of the renewed character, you got to examine and say, I got to give the Holy Spirit access to that way of thinking uh, so that I won't allow my emotions and my attitude to ruin opportunities. And God is looking from above, looking at our hearts and saying, your emotions are not ready for you to engage in a marriage, for you to engage in a relationship, to engage in that promotion. Because if you don't control this, this, uh, this complex of thinking, if you don't control your mind, then when you get that job, you will lose it just as quick as you got it. If I give you that man of God, if I give you that woman of God, if I give you that husband, if I give you that wife, you will become more of a burden to them than a blessing to them because your mind hasn't been renewed. And if your mind is not being renewed by the spirit of God, then your emotions will corrode and destroy any and everything that God gives. Many people are single right now because their emotions are not stable. If your emotions are not stable, you can't expect God to give you someone or give you opportunities for success if he knows that that anger management, that there's no management over that anger. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Be sad, be sin not. The scripture don't say sadness, but look at all the proper emotions that are tailored to humans. It's okay to be sad, but don't get depressed. It's okay to be angry, but don't act from it. There has to be a level of maturity and intelligence that we grow into where we're able to say, you know what, this is only as far as my emotions going to go because that's where my mind is settled. This is the highest it's going to go. The rest I'm venting to God. I got a great outlets. I'm doing any and everything to ensure that I do not allow my emotions to bring unnecessary drama into my life and others. The problem, many singles or people are too emotional to properly engage and steward what God has for them. They are too easily triggered. Let's keep going. Emotions are a form of intelligence. You've heard of IQ. Have you heard of EQ? EQ is emotional intelligence. Emotions are a form of intelligence. They are directly connected to and are conjured up by your mental state or mental settings. Our default settings has to be the Christ settings. You see what I'm saying? We, our mental mind has to be set on the things that are above. Our mind has to be set on biblical things. Our mind must be set, set and established that I'm going to think like Christ would think in this moment. I will believe and live according to how Christ desires for me. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to enable me to think and to fulfill and to act on and act in this life properly. But it didn't, but my emotional intelligence is based upon my mental settings. If you was to go into the little setting icon of your mind, hear me metaphorically, where is your mind set? You see what I'm saying? Where is your mind set? 
when it comes to a uh, 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 contentment, where is your mental setting? What scripture is is the bar set on that scripture, or is it set on your societal uh, pressures? When it comes to uh, 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 desires, where is your mind set? Is it set? What scriptures beside that setting have you set that set your mind that mental setting that when it comes to to joy, that I'm set on the presence of God. That when it comes to trust, my my mind is set on Proverbs three. When my mind is set, when it comes to uh, the coronavirus or being afraid is my mind set on Psalm 91. You got to go to your your settings and make sure that it gets back onto the default settings, which is the rock, the man, Jesus, that my mind has to be set and think like he thinks. So you got to examine every area that you frequent the most in life, that emotions rise the most. And you got to say, do I have scriptures? That's why the word of God said, I believe David said, I hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I am proactive so that when I am in the presence where I once failed emotionally, then I've already built myself up to succeed the next time that I walk there. And you got to say, okay, in every area that I frequent where my emotions once flooded. Am I going to fix in my mind the proper settings to ensure that when I'm in there the next time, it's too late. My mind is set. I know what the word of God says about this. I don't care if I've been in this wilderness 40 days and 40 nights and I'm tempted three times. I can pass every test because my mind is set. If your mind is set, your body will follow. Your life right now is sitting exactly where your mind is sitting. Wherever your mind is, your life is eventually going. Wherever your mind has turned, your life is like a ship is going that direction. The, the rudder turns first before the ship turns. Your mind turns, then your life turns. But what most people get messed up at, but Josh, I'm trying this Christ mind. I'm trying allowing the Holy Spirit in the mind, but my life hasn't changed yet. No, you got to give yourself an opportunity because your life is a big ship and you got to say, okay, I'm going to keep my mind set here, turned in this direction, turned towards Christ. And eventually you will see your life go in that direction. But you got to make sure your mind is set so that your emotions don't flood uncontrollably. Emotions are a form of intelligence. They are directly connected to and conjured up by your mental state and or settings. Your emotions serves your beliefs. Your belief systems, your mental settings will determine will determine where your life will go. And that's important for you to know. Let's keep going. Now, uh, let me look at some scriptures here. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Notice within that is self-control. You're not able to control yourself on your own. You need the Holy Spirit as fruit in your life to control. And the one thing about this text that I love, it didn't say, but the fruits plural. It says, but the fruit that in order for me to be self-controlled, I got to understand love. Your settings have to be set. Is my setting set on lust or is my mental setting set on love? Is my mental setting set on joy is my, or is my mental setting set on discontentment? Is my mental settle, mental setting set on peace or is it set on drama? Is it set on patience or impatience? It is set on kindness or rudeness? Is it set on goodness or evil? Is it set on faithfulness or procrastination? Is it set on gentleness or is it set on a hard heartness? Is it set on self-control or is it, or is it set on a lack of control? 
You got to examine your mind and say, Holy Spirit, where is my mind set? Because if joy, if, if your mind's not set on joy, you're not going to have self-control. If you're discontented with your singleness, you're not going to have self-control. You're going to be on all every single dating app. You're going to be making yourself available because your mind is not set on your contentment in God. If love is not a setting on your mind, but lust is a setting on your mind, then you will be like, it's better to marry than burn. But, but when you get married, you'll realize that what she has to give give you what he has to give you in intimacy will never satisfy the thirst and the hunger of lust because lust is never satisfied. Love is love is satisfied. Love believes that everything that's around me in God and in godliness is enough for me. If your mind is not set on goodness, but you're always looking for evil, you will always allow greed to go you belong beyond self-control. Every part of your life has to be progressively after making sure that your mind is always set on the right, on the right of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, judgment, self-control. If not, you're not going to be self-controlled in life. You're going to find in different pockets where you're overly emotional. The next text, 1 Peter 4, 7, it says the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Oh, man. That's 1 Peter. That's New Testament. See, that, that's powerful. The end of all things is at hand. If coronavirus and what's going on in our country doesn't wake you up, that we are that we are in the middle, or I don't know because I'm not God, but we're, we're definitely in some end-time days similarities are going on there, right? It's the first piece of four, seven, the end of all things at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled. You got to be like a soldier that has been enlisted. You can't be entangled with civilian affairs. You got to make sure that you're connected to the kingdom of God. You got to make sure that you connected to him so that nothing around you, no matter the circumstances, will have you out of a place of self-control. He says, yes, the end of all things at hand, but it's better to be self-controlled now and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Many people are praying Asking God for a husband, asking God for a wife, asking God for a promotion, asking God for all these different things. But God is saying, have you recognized that the end is near? Have you are you self-controlled? Are you sober minded? You see that that is coupled together, that self-control and sober mindedness is in the same text. And it says that for the sake of your prayers, if you want God to answer your prayers in regards to whatever it is that you desire in your life, you got to say, am I self-controlled enough to manage that prayer I'm asking for? Am I sober minded? Sober minded means I'm not intoxicated by, by false ideologies. I'm not intoxicated by old ways of thinking, but my mind is set on Christ. God ain't going to answer your prayers if you're not self-controlled. If you can't control your mouth, if you can't control your hands, if you can't control your feet, if you can't control your emotions, what makes you think God is going to release into your control in dysfunction? God is not going to bless dysfunction. And that's just not how he is. You can act the way you want to act. You can get caught up in, 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 in these theologies and get caught up in all these different things, but God is still a father. And, and, and a good father is not going to give you anything if he knows you can't manage it. God's a God of stewardship. You'll be walking around that mountain 40 years getting mad at God because, because he's looking at you that your heart is not ready for that promised land because you've already forgot what I did for you at the Red Sea. You already forgot that I had you leave Egypt with gold and stuff and you complaining. If you complaining, the complaint, words of complaint reveals that you're not content in God. And he says, for the sake of your prayers, observe the end times. Do you know, is your heart really ready for eternity? Is people, many people, they want so much of this earthly life that they're not ready to see God. 
uh, for 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, hear me now, but of power and love and self-control. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not for us to be afraid. Fear has a way of flustering emotions. Fear has a way of making you uh, act irrationally, emotionally. But he says, this, for the God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And some texts say self-control. Sound mind starts with the mind. I mean, self-control starts with the mind. If the mind is not in control by the Holy Spirit, your emotions are not going to be stable. But we have to understand that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are actually able to execute in power, execute in love, and execute in self-control, not in our own power, but through the power of the Spirit of God. You, you, you can't expect to be in a room of compromise and expect to be successful. You see what I'm saying? You got to make sure you always flow in the leadership of the Holy Spirit so that you can be in control. See, that's why you got to know yourself. You got to know environments. You just can't frequent circumstances and environments that you know that you're not strong enough yet. You know you shouldn't be alone with him or alone with her. You know certain environments where you're strong and not strong. And the Holy Spirit is not going to give you a, the Holy Spirit is not going to give you power. He's not going to give you power in the moment in, in environments where he knows that you're that you're not going to be successful at. We're talking about if you are willingly going in that area without his leadership, that you're like, you know what? I'm going to go be with her. I'm going to find my own man. I'm going to do my own woman. You're going to find yourself not in, in, empowered or emboldened with the spiritual supply and source. It says Proverbs 25, 20 says a man without self-control or a woman without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. That, that is self-explanatory. Proverbs 16.32 says, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. It don't matter how big a person is. It don't matter how successful that person is. That's why you don't you, you can't get caught up in people who got money now. It's about how long can they keep that money. It's not about who has money, who has power, who has prestige. It's about when they cross from earth to eternity, who's got value there. That's why we can't get so caught up in, in laying our treasures down here, but making sure that we know that when we cross over, that when I get to eternity, balling, you see what I'm saying? Uh, we'll, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see the other scripture. I don't want to go over anything for time's sake. And I might just let you guys read this in y'all's leisure. Uh, I may come to some other scriptures a little bit later, but let's get right into how emotions end up controlling us? How do our emotions end up controlling? There is a process by which the enemy or society or just us individually allows or opens ourselves up to be controlled by our emotions. Thank y'all so much for watching. Make sure you like, share, so we can get this video some more traction so that we can reach more people. Now, how does our emotions end up controlling us? Number one, it controls us first by deformed by a deformed emotional structure, hear me, by a deformed emotional structure due to a poor upbringing. What happens is the enemy loves to break the family. The family is the backbone of society. 
the family, when you have a father, a mother, and children who all fear the Lord, that becomes like a vertebrae. That becomes a backbone of society. If you break the family structure, you break all structures. If you break the family structure, of course, government is broken. Of course, church structures become broken. Things become broken when the fundamental formula of life is broken. And God, uh, uh, the first thing that he did and told Adam and Eve is to be fruitful and multiply. So when you understand that the family is the structure, then you will realize why there are some deformed emotional structures or mindsets that that was birthed due to poor upbringing. That's why it doesn't matter. There's no perfect structure outside of God. You can have a, a father, a mother, and children, but if God's not there, that family is deteriorating, is developing um, uh, is developing mindsets in children that's creating a deformed emotional structure that's going to set them up to be emotionally controlled, right? So, so, but that's why I said you can have a single, have a single parent, parent home and three children. If God's in the midst there, that family structure is more solid than a family that has a man and a woman present with a nice house, security everywhere. Everything is good, but without God in it. So that's why I tell people, don't look at your situation and be like, well, Josh, uh, a coach, I'm a single parent mom with two kids. How can I compete with a family that got to look just because it looks good? You got to be a fly on the wall in some of these homes just because they got the big home and the white fence and the red front door, the swing in the yard, the basketball goal in the back, the great private schools don't mean that family is a family of God. You can be a single parent mom, a single parent dad with two kids uh, uh, making it the best that you can. But with God, with reverence of God in the midst, that family structure is a stronger vertebrae. As a stronger uh, a support system to society than a family that looks the part, right? So, so what happens most of the time, the reason why many of us are at a place where our emotions are controlling us is because we came from a deformed home. We came from a home that didn't teach us the fear of God. It didn't teach us the reverence of God. It didn't teach us the love of God. It didn't teach us the righteousness that was imputed to us by Jesus. They didn't teach us um, um, what it means to do good genuinely. It didn't teach us that but created uh, uh, wrinkles in our brain, settings all messed up, that that we treat those beneath us a certain way, that we brown nose, that it's all about money, that it's all about this, that that you got to take care of the family. The boy is only 12 years old. And now all these different pressures and all these different things that happen in our formative years is now causing us to have uh, defects in our emotional settings and having our mental settings all off and leading us or setting us up to be emotionally dominant or emotionally controlled. Number one, it begins with a deformed emotional structure, a structure of thinking, a structure of mind, the Christ mind or mindset or the ability to be able to think the way Christ was think due to a poor upbringing. Number two, which then leads to emotional confusion or emotional wounds due to abuse. Wherever you find a poor family structure, chances are there is abuse there. We're not all, we're not talking about extreme abuse only. We're talking about all forms of abuse. We're talking about it's abusive to raise a child to make a child feel like that if they're not a doctor or a lawyer, that they're not successful. That's abuse. That's just as bad as abuse as any type of uh, sexual abuse. See what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter what abuse uh, occurs, you 
you got to make sure that that or most of us are emotional right now because we we felt some type of emotional wound or my mom doesn't believe in me or my dad doesn't believe in me or the emotional wounds that occurred because of what our parents did or didn't say. And since we're too young to understand what forgiveness is and, and our brains are still forming, those wounds are there. The, the enemy loves to get to us first, loves to get to us in our formative years. Because if I tell you this, like the saying that says, if you show me your friends, show me your future. Well, if you show me your family, I can show you your foundation. If you haven't got, if you haven't transferred foundation into Christ, I can already tell you, if you show me your, the destruction in your family and you've yet to forgive and you've yet to put your faith in Christ, I can already predict um, on what type of wounds or, or issues you're going to have and what areas of, of circumstance that you are successful and not successful in based upon your foundation. Deformed emotional structures due to poor upbringing then produce emotional confusion or emotional wounds. Now children are confused. Should I pursue my purpose or should I pursue what my mom says? See what I'm saying? If I or, or now I'm wounded because my mom could hold her own emotions and now I always got yelled at or he always hit me. Or I was abused physically. Now I got emotional wounds or I'm emotionally confused. So you may have not been physically abused, but you have been mentally confused. You see what I'm saying? But there are some homes that kids and us, most of us, a lot of us grew up in where there was either emotional confusion or emotional wounds due to uh, uh, families who did not have emotional control. And that's what flood through generations. One family has all this frustration pent up, unexpected pregnancies, uh, uh, resentment in, um, in mom's heart because she didn't finish school because you was born and you felt that in your mother's womb. You gotta understand, my parents, you kids as babies are developing, they can feel what you feel. They can feel your resentment, it's power. In emotional currency, there's power in a flow of emotions, and if you're not careful, they like you can feel the resentment. A kid can feel when they're not loved, and 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 since they're in their infancy and their mind hasn't formed up to a place of of understanding life and godliness, the devil uses that. The demons use that to continue to deepen that wound, to deepen that confusion, that then leads to number three. A deformed emotional structure due to a poor upbringing leads to emotional confusion or emotional wounds due to abuse. Once the abuse has set in, it then leads to number three, emotional pursuits due to false hopes or the need to prove or to belong. Now, all of a sudden, due to a poor emotional structured home where the kids' mental settings are off, that child who has been emotionally wounded or emotionally confused is now formulating a false hope. Oh, maybe my mom and dad will accept me now that I'm, I'm going to get straight A's. I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to become a doctor and a lawyer because all I want to hear is my parents saying good job. The only voice that you should be living your life on right now is not validation from, 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 from your parents. It's the validation of what Jesus did on the cross for you. That's the validation you should live on because everything that he says over you is going to be great and amazing and peaceful and according to your purpose. And yes, he may chasten it and correct, but it would be in love. He's the only words of validation that would keep you from falling off cliffs. So if you keep, if you live in your life hoping to hear 
hoping to hear your mama one day say, hoping to hear your daddy one day say, hoping to hear that boy come your way, hoping to hear that girl say these words, you're going to find yourself emotionally messed up. The only voice that I anchor my whole self on is God because he is immutable. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So if I put my trust in him, then through the Holy Spirit, he'll teach me how to then delegate my trust to the people that he has entrusted me. The only people that I trust in this life are the people that God has entrusted to me. The only the, the, the only woman in, in a form of love that I trust is the one that he entrusted to me, and that's my wife. But my trust came, my whole trust can't be in her, but the Holy Spirit, because my trust is in him, I know that he has entrusted me with this, with, with my wife. And now I'm able to put some trust in her, but not all my trust. And what happens, we put it all of our eggs in these people's baskets and we wonder why our, our eggs are cracked. And we wonder why we cracked up here and we crazy up here because we're putting our whole hope on something that moves. And like we said the other day, we said hope deferred the word of God says makes the heart sick. If you keep putting your hope in things that move, you're going to find yourself with motion sickness. If you keep putting your hope in things that move, you wonder why I'm always in motion sickness because you're not anchored on the rock. A deformed emotional structure due to a poor upbringing then leads to emotional confusion or emotional wounds due to abuse. Number three, it did. Oh, my wife told me, oh, my, oh we preaching now. Baby, we preaching. Emo then it leads to uh, emotional confusion, emotional wounds due to abuse, which then leads to emotional pursuits. Now you like, I got to go prove my mom and dad wrong. Now I don't got time to prove nobody wrong. I got only thing I'm doing is proving God right. I'm only proving God right. I don't got to prove nobody wrong. I don't because when you do that, you're only doing it for their reaction. You got to do it because of his action. Because he's acted, now I act. You see what I'm saying? My action is not based upon I'm only doing these videos. I'm only doing this ministry just to make them feel bad or to make them get, hopefully they'll give me a deal or whatever. No, 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 no. Promotion doesn't come from the East or from the West. It comes from the Lord. And when you understand that, you won't get so emotionally involved in these emotional pursuits, hoping to hopefully finding yourself a place where you belong. Number four, emotional pursuits due to a false hopes or the need to prove then leads to emotional attachments due to the desire to belong. Now, because you didn't belong to anyone, now you're belonging to this group. Look at your groups and see how healthy they are. Uh, groups, birds of a feather flock together. I've seen groups form throughout many years in my life. I've even formed groups. And it's crazy how we form groups from our toxic emotions. That that a lot of our groups, we really examine them. For a lot of people, they're toxic because you belong there because you have a similar history. See, 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 I don't want to connect to groups because we have a similar pain. I want to connect to groups because we have a similar gain. You see what I'm saying? Because of Christ, I gain. You see what I'm saying? But if you look around your community and everybody's upset about the same thing, and the only, the only thing that y'all bond by is because y'all got pain, 
that the only reason why y'all go to the same church or go to the same gym, go to the same groups because y'all mad at this group. And so all of a sudden you left this group to form this group and you look around as a bunch of renegades and a bunch of revolutionaries because you upset about what this group did or or y'all both have the same pain and all y'all talk about is pain. No, 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 no. I, you got to look around and say, are we gaining or are we painting? You see, I'm saying, are we still in pain or are we trying to gain? Oh, I, I want to be like the three guys that should we sit here till we die? I don't want to be around people that's like, well, we should die. I want to be around people to say, let's at least go try to do something. So if you look at your friends and you look around your group, you will, you can see where you're headed. And a lot of people are only connected because of pain, because they're mad at this group. They're mad at that group. And so we leave these groups to come group together to talk about these different groups, try to prove to these different groups that we're the best group out there. It happens all the time. And so we got to get to a place where we say, you know what? Are we going to sit here till we die? Are we going to sit here and only talk about our pain? Or are we going to gain? You got to look at your groups. Because if you're all mad at the same thing, the only thing y'all should be mad at is how sin is destroying people's lives. But so what happens, you become emotionally attached to groups. And then because if you look at the three B's, belong, behave, hold on, belong, believe, and behave. Everybody comes from these dysfunctional homes looking to belong. That's why kids, some kids go to gangs. Some kids go to fraternities and those are gangs, if you know what I'm talking about, or schools and the different areas. They join it so they can belong. And then wherever you belong is going to determine your beliefs. You something whatever your beliefs, whoever determines your beliefs, determine your behaviors. So the enemy knows if I can make the home dysfunctional, I will birth the generation of kids that's looking to belong. And if I give them to belong to these different groups that share only in pain, then all they're going to do is be in pain. And then they're going to have their belief systems caught up in pain or trying to prove the people wrong, looking for false areas of validation. And then all of a sudden they're going to behave accordingly, behaving from envy, behaving from jealousy, behavior of greed, behavior of lust, all these different behaviors, because they don't know that the father from heaven is saying, you belong to me now. You're my daughter. You're my son. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you can belong to me. But if we're really honest, not everybody really want to belong to to God because everybody want to be their own gods. And so until you get to a place that you say, God, here am I. I know that my heart is looking for you. All of us are looking for God in all the wrong places. That's what we're really doing. We're looking for God, but we're looking for God in all the wrong places. And God's like, just come to me. All you are who are laden, the heavy laden, I would give you rest. We need rest for our souls. I'm so glad Jesus is the lover of my soul. I'm at rest. I don't have no emotional pursuits. Don't get me wrong. Am I, am I, am I, am I, only thing I'm pursuing is a better version of myself through the help of the Holy Ghost. Only thing I'm pursuing is to make sure that I leave an inheritance for my children's children. Only thing I'm pursuing is a greater way of being a husband, but I'm not pursuing success anymore in that regard. Do I want to be successful? I'm already successful. And many of us, we got to be okay at the cap. See, see, we see, we we play in a league that has a cap. Unfortunately, for some of us, we play in a league that has a cap. God has a cap. You can't be jealous of my cap versus his cap. So God has every one of us have a cap. God said, "This is as far as I need for you to go. Because if I allow you to go any further, you will leave me." That's why the scripture says, God, don't give me no more than I need. So I don't leave you. Don't give me no, no less that I end up stealing. God has a cap on us and you got to be okay with that. Emotional attachments due to desire to belong. Now you attach to these group. 
or you attach to this ideology. Now you attach to this pursuit. It's, you become emotionally attached, which leads to number five. And then on another significant emotional wound due to an idol disappointing you. Now you have another wound because now that false hope disappointed you. And so not only do you have the wound from your formative years, now you have a wound from your adolescent years. And now by the time you're 28, you're dysfunctional. By the time you're 29, you're crying out for a husband, you're crying out for a wife, but you, you ain't allowed the wound of your formative years to be healed or the wound from your false hopes to be healed. There's two major wounds that happens to us and, we're, and many people don't progress from that. Many of us have been wounded because of our childhood, and some of us have been wounded because of our false hopes and our idols. Our idols wound us, and our families wound us, and we're asking God to bless us with something, and we're bleeding from two wounds. Now you have another significant emotional wound due to your idol disappointing you. Until you get healed from that second wound, you're not going to see God give you things to steward. Which then leads to number six. Now you are in an emotional control. Now you, your emotions are controlled. Now you have emotional control. Not, I mean, now your emotions control you. And now you emotional cycles due to your internal and external triggers. Now you have triggers now. Now, anytime you even think about school and, and your failures there, you're triggered. Anytime you think about your mom, you trigger. Now you got other things that trigger you. Ain't got nothing to do with what happened to you when you was born. Yeah, nothing to do with you when you what happened to you after college. But you're triggered because you're emotional. Because now look at politics. Now all of a sudden everybody's triggered over a man who ain't Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Over two political of spheres, and it ain't Jesus. Imagine we had that same passion for the kingdom of God. Imagine we had that same zeal. You see what I'm saying? But but many of us, we now try to belong to political spheres. Now we try to belong to teams. Now, now, oh, the Celtics. Oh, no, the Heat. Oh, the Lakers. Now we're now, now because we're so wounded, we're looking for escapes to belong again so that we can escape our two wounds. Man, it's getting deep. Now you got these internal and external triggers going on that now you can't even walk out your house without being in an emotional state. Which then leads to number seven. Now you have emotional validations due to pride. I'm valid in the way I feel. I'm a I'm a keep feeling this way because it keeps me belonging to this group. I don't want most people don't want to heal because they want to stay. They will leave healing in order to heal. Something got to heal alone. And so so many people don't want to be healed because if I get healed, then I lose my friends. If I get healed, then I lose my church. If I get healed, then I lose these toxic people. Listen, I don't got time to be sitting with y'all hurting and bleeding and talking about Susie and, 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 and all these different people about how they did this and what they did that, getting so caught up in these emotions and trying to prove. And, and, and I, got, I got things I got to do. You got to make, you got to get out of that emotional validation due to pride. I'm holding on to this pain. Because it's pain now because my identity. It's crazy how many of us, that's why I tell people, don't say you have ADHD. Don't say that you bipolar. Don't say that you have diabetes because now you look into a disease to own to. Now everybody owning themselves to diseases. Because what you say out of your mouth will determine who you belong to. And now you attached to diabetes, could have been healed from diabetes, but you keep saying I'm diabetic. You keep saying I have heart disease. You keep saying these different things. Now you belong into diseases. Now you develop the belief system of that disease. And now you behaving from those diseases. 
You got to change the way you speak because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And now you speak it to who you belong to. And what if those symptoms is actually the spirit of infir infirmity? You don't even got diabetes. You don't even, but the spirit of infirmity is inside of you. And now you got crippled in the bones. Now you got all this different stuff because you speaking it into existence. Deformed emotional structures due to a poor upbringing leads to emotional confusion or wounds due to abuse. Emotional confusion, emotional wounds due to abuse then leads to emotional pursuits due to a false hope and need to approve, which then leads to emotional attachments due to desire to belong, which then leads to another significant emotional wound due to an idol disappointing, which then leads to emotional control and emotional cycles due to internal and external triggers, which then leads to emotional validation due to pride. That's how we end up being controlled by our emotions. Now, Signs you have emotions. I'm mean, hold on, no, no, no. Signs your emotions control you. I have 10 signs that you can look at your life and say, you know what? I do not have control over my emotions. Water break. <clears throat> 10 signs. 10 signs your emotions are controlling you. 10 signs, <clears throat> excuse me, 10 signs your emotions are controlling you. Number one, your rock isn't Jesus and your hope or pride is in this life. Signs your emotions are controlling you. Number one, your rock is not Jesus and your hope or pride is in this life. You are setting yourself up <clears throat> to be emotional if your rock is not Jesus, like I said, many people, many singles, many people have motion sickness because their rock moves, their foundation moves. But when Jesus is your rock and you cipher through the confusion, the sands of life to find the rock and then you build, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what storms come within your field. You won't be moved because of who you're anchored in. But if your rock, if your life is anchored on anything that moves, money moves, women and men move, opportunities move, people's heart towards you move. If your life becomes anchored on those things, then when it comes to life challenges, <clears throat> you're going to find yourself emotional. So it doesn't matter what moves around me. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I'm anchored, I'm solid. My emotions won't fluctuate. Me and my wife, we ain't, we ain't been emotionally moved because Corona was Corona. A thousand may fall on my left, 10,000 on my right hand won't come in. My mind's already set on Psalm 91. We, we've been given more. We've been blessed financially more. We're not moved by what's going on in this world. We move by the kingdom of God. We're rooted in him. And so if your life is if your life is anchored here, then any and everything that happens here will move you. But if you're anchored to a kingdom that isn't moved, then it doesn't matter what happens in this realm. You're emotionally stable because the Bible told you about these end times. The Bible being told you about these end of days. The Bible being told you that th uh, uh, millions of people are going to walk away from the doctrine. That we're being set up as we speak. <clears throat> but when you connect to the kingdom of God, you're not moved. You see what I'm saying? But 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 it, but that's number one. What 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 rock is your life built on? I'm telling you, if your life is, we see it right now. That one thing this virus has told us and showed us is where our trust level is. This is a great opportunity. This ain't really nothing than what's coming. What's really coming is really going to shake the world. And what we're saying right now, this is a test run. You better examine your faith level right now. Because if you're not examining your faith level right now, what happens? Because, man, really, is this? Now, don't get me wrong. It's real, real, but we still get to go to Walmart. 
ain't that. It ain't that bad. We we was in Target the other day. You know what I'm saying? We went Walmart. I just, I just got back from Walmart. This ain't that bad. I just went to Publix. You see what I'm saying? So so what I'm saying is, what happens when a gro- when you can't even get groceries? What happens when your cupboard get low? What happens? You know what's gonna happen to me? I'm gonna turn to my Bible and be like, God. Because I already know the end times are here. I'm sober-minded. I'm self-controlled. So my prayer, I know you hear my prayers. God, I'm going to leave this window open for a raven. Because if you can feed my boy Elijah with ravens, I ain't worrying about nothing. I don't care if my covers get low. I don't care what happens. The same God that fed Elijah by ravens and fed the children of Israel by manna from heaven is the same God that's going to feed my family. But if your mind is not set over there and you fall into fear because you move, your faith ain't going to work. The transactions ain't going to work. You're not even going to be able to believe for it to happen. Your rock is in Jesus and your hope and pride is in this life, which sets you up. I put in parentheses, will set you up for anxiety. you be anxious for everything. God said, man, do you see the birds panicking? This whole coronavirus been going, I ain't seen not one bird. I ain't seen one bird get, get nervous. Birds still out here looking for worms. Birds ain't even messed up. Birds ain't even nervous. They may be nervous. They may be anxious about something else. But when I walk out there, they fly away. They may be anxious about something else. But they ain't anxious about being fed and supplied for. So we can't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You ain't going to be able to comprehend what's going on right now. That's why it's peace. And many of us, we get mad at God. God, why don't you deliver the package? You know what God delivered? The tra- the uh, tracking number. The tracking number is peace. Peace means, no, no, no. The tracking, the peace is God's confirmation that I heard your request. God is not like you, uh, 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 UPS. God is not like FedEx. God doesn't the God don't have no prime delivery. You can ask God two years from now for something, He don't deliver until two years later. That's how he is. But his peace lets you know I gave you the confirmation letter that I heard you. And that should keep you. Let that keep you. The fact that God heard you is good enough. Even if God don't give me what I asked for, the fact that I got in connection with him to be able to be heard by him is a blessing enough. Signs your emotions control you, number two. You react without thinking. You know you're an emotional person, ultra sensitive, not controlling emotion when you react without thinking. That means you already been conditioned to be emotional. That means you react off impulse and not off intelligence. We were supposed to be as believers to act off of intelligence, not off impulsiveness. This this world, the devil wants us to be impulsive. Oh, it's cute. It's pretty. It's red. It's purple. It's pink. Jump for it. Oh, it's it's lawful. But the word of God says, even though it's lawful, it's not beneficial. Oh, I'm going to jump and do that. We are so impulsive that we're not even giving ourselves to operate off of the Christ intelligence through his Holy Spirit. It's okay. I'm going to be slow to do anything. I'm going to be slow to do everything. <clears throat> what I mean by slow, I'm not sitting there saying procrastination slow. I'm talking about processing slow, that I'm going to take my time. I'm going to be slow to speak, slow to act. I'm going to process what's going on because I have too much to lose. You see what I'm saying? We got to get to a place where we say, you know what, let me think about it. And anybody who gets mad at you for taking however long you need to take to think about it, that's probably not a deal that you're supposed to accept. Always, this is how you know if it's of God for a lot of things. This is how you know for a lot of things, not everything, but for a lot of things, if it's God. If you tell that person, let me think about it. Or you don't even got to say, don't be all super spiritual. Don't be like, I got to go pray about that. Don't be spiritual. Just be like this. You know, let me think about that. I get back to you. Their actions 
if they're quiet the whole time and don't bother until they hear from you, that's pretty much a good opportunity. It might be from might be God. I don't mean this is a disclaimer. It might be from God. But if they're always hammering at you, have you heard anything with do 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 do? You got anything yet? That God doesn't work off of pressure. God works from peace. Anytime you feel pressure to do something, it ain't peace. Now, if you feel pressed to do something, that's only spirit. Pressed means you better make a left right here. You better get hit by a Mack truck. That's being pressed by the spirit of God, not pressured. You see what I'm saying? Pressed means, hey, man, you might want to do this. Save your life. But pressure means do it, do it, do it. Come on, come on, come on. Let's make that. That's pressure. God always press us from peace. When I read, when I'm in Matthew right now, when the, when the angel came to Mary, he says, uh, do not be afraid. When the angel came to, uh, uh, every time an angel showed up, it's like, don't be afraid. Because like, y'all, I don't know what the angel looked like, but I'm pretty sure the angel came with a, with a, with a peace about him. Let him know, hey, don't be afraid because I caught you off guard. But God comes with peace. The devil comes in pressure. You react without thinking. If you always make decisions based upon feeling and not based upon facts, then your emotions control you. Number three, signs your emotions control you. Your action, your actions always hurts you and others. If after you make a decision, you're hurting someone else and you're hurting yourself, you're an emotional person. A person who really loves takes Takes, they consider their actions. I consider my actions towards my nieces and nephews. I consider my actions towards towards my wife, to my sisters and my brothers and my mom. I consider my actions. I consider what could have, what is, is, is what I'm about to do going to hurt anybody? Now, I don't mind hurting you if it helps me. What I mean by that, if, if I got to follow God and it hurts you, then I give you the Kanye shrug. It is what it is. No, no, was that Jordan, Kanye, all the shrugs? I give you all of them. Because if me going after God hurts you, then my friends stay hurt. But if I'm actually making careless decisions and not thinking about them, and it always hurts me and hurts someone else, then I'm an emotional person. That means I'm selfish. Selfishness is, is a root of emo uh, emotions, root themselves in selfishness. I want it, so I don't care about how my daughter feels. Listen, whatever you do not address now, fathers... You're going to address eventually. You better you better spend time with that daughter. You better spend time with that son. Mom, you better spend time with your daughter and son because if you keep ignoring them now, they're going to be they, their actions are going to get your attention eventually. And so you better start tending what you need to tend. Because if you don't tend it now and you keep making decisions that hurt them, oh, but they they can understand. Kids can understand. Kids don't understand. They don't care about you working all the time. Listen, any career that takes you away from your family is not a career from God. I'm telling you, that's why society is built to destroy the family structure, like I told you. If I destroy the family structure and getting to a man's mind, well, at least I gave you this big house. At least I gave you this. But the child got resentment towards you. Man, listen, God will never put you in a career or, or a mission that takes you from your number one and number two mission, which is to serve him and to serve your family. Any job that you're doing right now that's taking you away from your family, quit it. Smart. Ask God, repent, and say, God, I'm working this job because I'm pursuing my idol. God, I need to be around my family more. Make it a way, even at this job, where I'm able to be around my family. It ain't enough money in the world. Listen, the money you make right now is going to be used to pay for the dysfunction that you allow to be in your family's, in your family's life later. 
So it's best to get a job where you actually there for your family and make enough to, to do to, 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 to stay above and to be thriving. And I'm not saying saying be poor, but I'm saying be in a place where you where everything's at peace, the place of peace, where peace permeates through your home. It's better to be there than to be so far in the air and you got this big old mansion. You see, life is not about paying for a house as a man and keeping a house as a wife. It's about building a home and keeping a home. Anybody can buy a big house. Everybody can, anybody can keep a big house clean, but can anybody keep a home? Can anybody build a home? That's what we need to be focusing on. Signs your emotions control you when your actions always hurt you and others. You don't even got to have loud emotions. It's the silent emotions. It's those, sometimes it's the silent emotions of like, like we don't, <clears throat> you don't really see envy. You don't really see envy or greed loud. So when we talk about emotions, many people are thinking loud emotions like anger and, and <clears throat> envy is shown. Envy and jealousy is not always seen on the surface. You see what I'm saying? So you people got emotional struggles, like like my great my goat greatness complex. You see what I'm saying? Nobody can see that, but they'll see it if on the basketball court. They may see it, um, they'll hear it in conversation, and that's when God showed my heart, Coach man, Josh man, you tripping? So we when we think about emotion, we think about the loud ones. Oh, you better control your tongue. You better control. No, no, no. You got to control those silent, selfish ambitions, those emotions that are no one sees. They see. Oh, he got a big church. Oh, they're blessed. Look at God moving. God ain't moving in that church. Money is moving, but the Holy Spirit ain't moving. Money can make a money can make a move of God. Money can make a thing look like a move of God. Money can make it like God. Instruments can make it feel like a move of God. Lights can make it feel like there's a move of God. People crying because of hypnosis and people falling out can look like there's a move of God. You can pay for a fabricated move of God. Just because the church is big don't mean God made it big. Just because that man of God, woman of God is big is because God made them big. It's something secretly in behind the closed doors that those emotions of silence, those Envy and jealousy and manipulative and, and selfish ambition makes things look big. And we're thinking that's God, but that's a person's creating a golden uh, 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 a cathedral for themselves. Signs your emotions control you, number four. You're easily caught up in moments, but end up regretting them. If you're a person that just get caught up in a moment, oh, let's just go. Yeah, the moment is great. The moment feels good. But then you're throwing up in a toilet. I never understood drinking. I never understood partying. So you spent all that time partying, getting drunk to spend hours on a toilet. It just don't make sense. I measure the importance of a moment by what, how I will feel after the moment. I do that with my food now. How am I going to feel after I eat this? Because I enjoy it in the moment, but if I'm going to be cramped up, bloated, you see what I'm saying? For hours, uh, I got to find a better alternative. You see what I'm saying? So so it, it's crazy how we get so caught up in a moment and, and our friends get us caught up in a moment and then you're throwing up in the toilet. You're doing air punches at night talking about, I can't believe I wasted it. How many of us are, are messed up now because we got so messed up our colleges because we got caught up in all these different moments but didn't focus on the moments that needed our focus and then we get messed up. You know you are emotional when you are easily caught up in moments but end up regretting them later. If you regret it, 
after you done got in it, then chances are you are overly emotional and you allow these different pressures to always pressure you to the feel good for a moment. Ah, you can't get caught up in moments. Moments are based upon the moments that follow. Is this moment going to benefit me moments down the road? Signs, your emotions are controlling you. Number five, you have a deep, deep need to belong. We talked about that earlier. You have a deep need to belong. I, I just, I just want to work for them. I just want to be there. I just, I just want to feel like I belong. Okay, God, God, I know, I know you, you are present help in a time of trouble, but, but I'm single, God. I just want to belong to the Mary Club. Do you, do you know the cost to be a club, to part of, to be a part of the Mary Country Club? Do you know the cost? Do you know the cost, the maintenance fees to die to yourself every day? To, to, to sacrifice, fellas, a sacrifice. I cry. Do you know the cost to be in a married club? So all of a sudden, now you wanna now you wanna belong so bad to the relationship club that you don't mind getting slapped around just to have a nice gram online, just so that you can look good online. You don't mind him cheating on you. You don't mind getting slapped around. You don't mind her being flewed out down to Sandro Play every third or fourth weekend, and you ain't seen it in months. But as long as you got this perfect girl. It's crazy. We want to belong online, but don't, but hate how we feel offline. I don't care. I want to look good both online and offline. I don't really care about how I look online. I want to make sure that when I'm off that computer, I am just as happy as I got before I got on that computer. But most people, they want to belong so bad to the hashtag relationship goals, man. I want to belong so bad to the married club. When you get there, you'll realize you ain't ready to be there. I'm trying to tell you, marriages work. It's easy to make lust. It's not easy to make love. It's easy to be to sacrifice and, and do this on your own. But man, it's, it's, it takes, you, you, you got to kill yourself every day. You got to die to yourself. You have a deep need to belong. You'll do whatever it takes. You on every online dating app. You, 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 now all of a sudden you got such a desire to belong. Your skirt's getting higher. Your pants getting tighter. Fellas, you, you, you in debt to get the right car. You, you in debt to look like you a provider. But when she really marries you, you find out that she married a man in debt. You doing all that you need to do to belong to these different groups, whether it's class or it's relationship. You see what I'm saying? I just want to belong. And then when you get there, it's dysfunction there. Signs your emotions control you. Number six, you can't control your thoughts, which leads to triggered emotions. You can't control your thoughts. You know that you are emotional when you can't control your thoughts. I can't control my thoughts. When you can't control your thoughts, that means you're not anchored or rooted. I've been there. I, I've had anxiety attacks, yo. I've been there. I've been on the ground shaking. I've had vertigo. I've had uh, the, the tingles in my fingers. I thought I was having heart attacks. I was anxious because you know why? Idols always leave you on the floor. Idols will always leave you bent over. Idols will always leave you anxious. Idols will always leave you tingling in the fingers and feel like you, your heart's about to explode. That's what idols do. And they leave you to a place where you can't control your thoughts. And then your emotions are always triggered. Now you're anxious about everything, nervous about everything, because you haven't allowed your mind, your mental settings to be set on the things that are above. 
Signs your emotions control you. You're easily triggered by unnecessary things and people online and offline, and you care too much about what others think. And you can't take when others speak their mind truthfully back. There's three different layers. Number one of seven, you're easily triggered by unnecessary things and people online and offline. If you're always triggered by what they do online or what they do offline, you're overly emotional. Next, you're easily, uh, uh, and you care too much about what other people think about you. Most people just want people to think a certain way about them. I don't care what you think about me. Because you're not close enough to know who I am. Why get so caught up on how other people think about you when they don't see you all the time? We don't even know you. So people, you care about their opinions and, and you don't care about the opinions of God to, towards you. You can't care too much about what people think because people's thinks, thoughts move. So one day their hearts are with you. The next day their hearts not. So if you busted your butt and you worked hard to get them to to get them to think about you a certain kind of way. And then when you finally got them to think about you a certain kind of way, you finally arrive. And then the next week, they change the way they think about you. That's what you call fake friends. Have you ever been in middle school? Have you been in high school? I work at elementary school. These kids be coming to my office. They eat lunch with me and they're best friends. Oh, look, they're best friends. They're sharing icicles. Hey, you want my icicle? I'll trade my icicle for your mashed potatoes. Oh, I like mashed potatoes. Here's my they best friends one day. And the next day, she can't come in. What you mean? She was just up here the other day. Y'all had lunch the other day. No, do not let Chelsea in. We're not friends. And then by Tom Wins, they come back. They both knocking on my door talking about, hey, Miss Daz, can we eat lunch with you? We best friends. Come on, man. That's what, and you think that's just an elementary school? No, 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 no. That's in the real world. One day you got them to think about you a certain kind of way. Yeah, we friends. Woo, woo, woo. The next day they mind and their hearts are not with you. The Bible says, be very careful sitting down at the presence of a king with, delic with delicacies and great food in front of you, but his heart is not with you. You're easily triggered by unnecessary things that people online and offline, and you care too much about what people think. Or secondly, number seven, you can't take when others speak their mind truthfully about you. You're emotional when you can't you, you can't handle feedback. When someone's giving you uh, good criticism, good critique, feedback, no, you get emotional because 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 you're telling me the truth. The truth is gonna set me free. I don't want to be free. No, don't tell me the truth about myself. My pain makes me feel like a person. My pain gives me identity. So don't tell me the truth because if you tell me the truth, then I'm going to be set free. And I don't want to be free because I'd rather be bound than be free because being bound helps me to belong to this group. And this group is dysfunctional, but at least we got something to talk about. That's what people don't have a purpose. When you have purpose, you, I, <clears throat> I can't, the moment I start hearing people talking about people, the moment I start feeling people, People just come and y'all ain't talking about purpose. I gotta go. If you ain't talking about getting no money, if you ain't talking about getting no, no helping nobody, if you ain't talking about success and purpose, if you ain't about this life and about purpose, I ain't I don't got time to talk to you. I don't got time. But most of us will sit there and gossip all day, sit there and talk about people. And that book could have been written by now, that album could have been done by now, that business could have been started right now. And most people came into this quarantine the same and going to come out of the quarantine the same. And God's like, I gave you a quarantine to be about my business. I gave you a quarantine to come talk to me, to give you a break in life, to hopefully get to your purpose. And then what you're going to do? I came into the quarantine the same way and you leave the same way. And God gave Gave you this period of time to get your mind right and you didn't and you wonder why he ain't sent it number eight signs you your emotions control you 
You have a hard time letting go and your heart is full of resentment and unforgiveness. You know your emotions control you when your heart is full of resentment and your heart is full of, of your heart is full of unforgiveness. Number nine, for time's sake, your emotion signs, your emotions control you. You're an emotional eater and an emotional escaper. <clears throat> you know your emotional person. Your emotions are out of whack. Your mind is out of whack. Your intelligence is low when you emotionally eat. Not been there. Come on now. Coach ain't going to tell you nothing he ain't never been through. You know what I'm saying? Or what the Holy Spirit ain't give me revelation for. I've been there. I mean, y'all saw me. Y'all, y'all, you, you see everything. One thing I like about what God did through me, everything from 2008, you can go all the way back to two. You can go to any platform, go to Facebook, go to YouTube, <clears throat> mainly Facebook and YouTube. And you can, you can find all the way when I started my ministry, you can see my weight go from skinny to big to medium to big. So I've been there. There was times where I, you know, I, I was mad at 7-Eleven. I used to pull up in 7-Eleven. They didn't have the two for two, 2200 buns. I was punching the air. I mean, what you mean? You ain't got no goddamn. And I was mad. And I would drive five miles to the other 7-Eleven for 200 buns because I was emotionally wounded. So I know, man, my, I was <coughs> 310 pounds. By the grace of God, I'm 250 now. Slim Rev in the building. You see it. You see it. Men lie, women lie, but videos don't. You see what I'm saying? And so, so, so I know what it's like. But you know you're emotional when you always find yourself in front of a plate trying to suffocate the, the memories and the thoughts. Or you're an emotional escaper. Yeah, you, you in another country again? You at the beach again? You at the mall again? You were just at the mall yesterday. We saw your Instagram. You there again? You know you're emotional when you're always trying to escape or you always got a plate in your face. Signs your emotions control you. Last but not least, number 10. You either have no or a masked version of self-care. You have no self-care. You don't care for yourself because there's no love there. Or you have a masked self-care. Everybody outside you look like that. You, you look like you got it together, but you really don't got it together. Now, for time, let's get going. Let's, get, let's continue. How to increase your emotional intelligence and control. Whew, 15 minutes and we're done, okay? Coach, I've struggled with understanding the difference between good critiques and negative critiques, and I've been hurt. How do I discern the difference? I will be 28 soon, and I need healing. I understand, Chelsea. I got you right here. God must have want me. To, let me put your question up there so people can see. Coach, I've struggled with understanding the difference between good critiques and negative critiques. Okay. Good critique is from a good place, a good heart, um, and it's based upon you knowing the heart of that person. If you know your mom truly loves you and it's the truth, See, the truth has a tone. Uh, if if the if it's if it's the truth about you, and you know it's the truth, take it. Whether it came in a bad tone or whatever, if it's the truth. You take it. So so sometimes you can get good critique from a bad person. You see what I'm saying? You you can go online and see somebody comment up under a video or comment up under your work, and it it feels like hate, but you still see truth there. As long as you can see truth, take it. But don't take it from the wrong tone. If they're trying to make you and demean you, if they're trying to make put you down, then you bounce. You see what I'm saying? But even your haters can give you good critique. You just don't just don't allow their hate to make you uh uh uh, uh imprisoned by their words. There's people who comment and words that I hear from the grapevine that about me, and I say, you know, it don't matter who it comes from, if it's the truth, I'm gonna let it set me free. It doesn't matter how the key came to me to unlock the cage, send the key over. 
So, but you, but do not allow yourself to be succumb to that person controlling you through their critique. You just take critique and move on. But don't move in the critique and be imprisoned by the critique or look for validation from them because some people will speak into your life to try to control your life. <clears throat> so they'll speak the truth in your life. Then all of a sudden you will listen to them and all of a sudden they control you from the critique. I just take critique and keep it moving. But you can tell whether or not that person is genuine based upon the tone of it. Are they trying to demean you? But you don't react to it. Just take the truth. Apply it to your life and move on because people are going to get on your nerves. You know, people are going to say things. They're going to say truth in all kinds of ways. But the truth is the truth. And if you look at yourself, you know what? Even though they said it crazy and almost gave them these hands, almost get, almost whooped, whoop over their face, almost got them. But it was the truth. I'm going to take it to my cubby. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to apply and move forward. Coach, I struggle with understanding the difference between good critique and negative critique, and I have been hurt. Uh, it's hurt because of one or two things. Either you have succumbed to the wrong person's critique, and they just keep hammering you, so you're hurt then, or the truth hurts you. Don't succumb your attention or your energy to the wrong people that you get hurt by them. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so take what they say. That's what you do. I want you to write down a sheet of paper, all the critiques. I want you to write down every per everything a person said that really hurt you. Write them down. And beside them, write down, was it from a good place or from a bad place? Also write down, am I am I making them too much of a person in my life? Did I care too much about what they say? Then all of a sudden, now you write down what the word of God says. So what that means, what that does is when you write it down, you're not able to say, okay, uh, that's my mom. She's really a good person. She really was trying to help me, but I was upset. Then you kind of know that was from a good place. That's a good person. But all you got to do is take that and keep moving. That's right. The truth hurts me. And it's both. Oh, it's both. Oh, the truth. Uh, <clears throat> then you leave that person alone. Don't take critique from them. Don't make your make your time with them slow. Don't be around them all the time. But if it's a truth, truth, and it hurts, hurt is healing hurts. <clears throat> when you sprain your ankle, your body starts going into action and healing actually hurts in the beginning. So as your body is healing, swelling occurs, it hurt. So process the hurt because the truth is going to hurt. And look in the mirror and say, I'm going to make a change. I'm, it, what they say is the truth. No matter if you like it or not, no matter if they like you or not, the truth is the truth. Make the change, my friend. Make the change. Great question. Let's keep going for time's sake. And we'll get some Q&A in a little bit. I uh, see how to open the flood, open the floodgates of questions. Let it rain. We'll get to the question soon, y'all. We'll get to the question soon. How to increase your emotional intelligence and your emotional control. Number one, welcome the help of God and embrace the Christ my Holy Spirit. Help me to think like like Christ would think in this situation right now and every time I'm in a situation, in all situations. Help me to welcome that way of thinking. Welcome the help of God. God, I need your help. I'm emotionally, I have, I'm uncontrollable. My emotion I control. God, I need help. And then God's going to be like, okay, I sent you my help, the spirit of God. I'm going to allow that spirit <clears throat> to renew your mind in those areas. And you do that Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I get into my word of God. I understand, I, I structure my theology correctly, not to be puffed up in theology, but to be balanced out and leveled out by my theology where I'm able to think and know that even when people try you, listen, even when people try you, a two people arguing from a distance look both look like fools. You got to learn even in the midst of being tried and it's difficult. 
This was an area of the most recent thing God has worked out in me and is in constant work because I don't know when the next time I'm going to be tried. Learning how to take the try and walk away. We got to learn that. And only God can help us through that. Become earthly good by remaining eternally connected. That's the mindset for number one. In order for me to be earthly good, in order for me to be earthly good to my family, be earthly good to my wife, to be earthly good to y'all and to society, whatever, I got to stay eternally connected, which means I'm connected to the source of God. He's my source and I trust him and, and I need his help. Oh, I need him every minute, every hour. I need him. Number two, how to increase your emotional intelligence and control. You got to discipline and delay your reactions. Oh, uh, uh, my, oh I'll make sure. I, well, it's up there. Um, the worksheet is on lifework.teachable.com, my friend. I'll make sure I post the link for you, Rose, in a minute. You have to discipline and delay your reaction. You got to say, you know what? I'm being tried right now. I'm in an environment, a circumstance, a relationship, a friend, a family, a foe. And I, and, I, and I feel my feelings coming up. And sometimes it's not about controlling just the bad feelings or the bad emotions. You got to control the good emotions. Sometimes we get too hype. Sometimes we get too happy. Sometimes we get too elated. And sometimes those good emotions, we got to control those too. You can't get too hype. When you know God, you don't get too hype. You get excited, but you don't be like, oh my gosh, she's finally here. Oh my gosh, I'm in love. Oh, she's here. Oh, we, we let's get it. No, no, you can't be too hype. You got to make sure even your happiness and your excitement is at the right level. You got to discipline and delay your reactions. Write down every area that you act crazy in in the past and develop a way of how and if the next time I know Mama Mother's Day is coming and I know my sister, she always try me. She going to be there. I know my mom always got something to say. So I'm going to learn how to discipline and delay my reactions. Go get the sweet potato pie. I told y'all, <clears throat> when it comes to family functions, don't let nobody keep you from mama's pie. I don't care how crazy mama is. I don't care how loose-lipped auntie is. But if that sweet potato pie, if those candy yams, if that mashed potato and, and that turkey, if, if, if the pie is there, stay there, get you a plate, wrap it up in that foil, put it in that Harris Teeter or that Bilo's bag, and get out. Don't let nobody, I don't care how rude, don't let nobody keep you from the pie. I'm sorry. I don't care how dysfunctional you are. I'm going to get my pie. You see what I'm saying? And I'm going to slide out. When you start talking crazy, I already got my plate made. That's what you do. As soon as you get there, you hug mama. You know she's going to talk off the lip about time she get to the food. Say Everybody say grace. Make your plate early. As you making your plate, you know what I'm saying? As you making your plate to eat there, make your, make your to-go plate while you making the plate. Because you already know and 30 minutes into this, they're gonna someone's gonna talk crazy. So you gotta have plans. You see what I'm saying? You gotta make your to-go, baby. What you doing? My mom, I'm just making my to-go plate because I know when Uncle Ray Ray get here, ain't gonna be no more macaroni and cheese here. So I, I'm just making my to-go plate right now. But all actuality, you already making a way for us. The Bible says with every temptation. Hey, man, that's the scripture right here. First Corinthians 10 13. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. Even at functions, God is faithful and will, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, with the temptation to slap your mom, with the temptation to slap your mother, with the temptation to go crazy, he will also provide the way of escape 
that you may be able to endure. In every situation, you get, you park, get there early, park your car and think about in case this goes left, what's the right thing to do? And then God will give you wisdom. That's right. Don't let nobody keep you from that pie. No matter how dysfunctional you are, I'm taking a pie home. <clears throat> I'm taking half the pan of that mac and cheese home. I'm taking that banana pudding home. I don't care how dysfunctional it is. Discipline and delay your reactions. Next, practice venting to God and privately. That's what you do. You got to delay discipline. Say, so you know what? I'm not going to let nobody get me out of my character. I'm going to, I'm going to, I know people going to try you. They're going to hit you. But you got to know that God with every temptation to go off makes a way for you to get out. You got discipline, delay your reactions. You know what? Put your poker face on, walk out, and then go to God and, and vent to God. God, I can't believe the peach cobbler too with the crust right. The crust got to be right on that peach cobbler. I don't want no saucy, uh, 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 liquidly peach cobbler. I want the thickness. You know what I'm saying? I want the thoroughness of my, of my cobbler. But I said what to say is that <clears throat> You got to say, I'm not going to, the Bible says, he that gives full vent to his spirit is not wise. You got to learn how to say, you know what? I've already made it a practice to vent to God about how upset I am about what happened. That's what I do. God, I can't believe they tried me. God, they do. I'll be talking crazy to God. Not to God. I'll be talking crazy in the presence of God. I can't, they're going to be talking to me. They trying me, God. They don't know that I'm a son of God, bro. And they trying me, bro. I about slapped them on that court, bro. I talked to God crazy to get it off my chest. I can't believe they trying me and they think that I ain't great. And I start thinking, God be like, you talking crazy. You right, you right. I'm only great because of you, God. I be, I go through that. I be talking like this great goat complex be in my mind. And God be like, but I vented out to him so that he'll be like, come on, son, talking crazy. You're acting crazy right now, but it's best to act crazy and talk crazy only in the presence of God than being exposed and talking crazy and looking reckless. Cause from a distance, it don't like when I was at the Y to learn. When I grabbed that joke about a shirt and I about suplexed him, oh yeah, I didn't think Coach was crazy. When that boy called, when that white boy called me, not white boy, I think he was mixed, but he was. I don't care if you Spanish. Called me the N word and called me a B. The Joker called me you. B A N, he called me a B A N. You, bruh, I said, bruh, because he knew I was a preacher. I said, listen, boy, I went crazy. I said, I'll flip you like Jesus flipped the tables. Boy, I said that. I said, Lord, the scriptures came out of me. I said, boy, I'll flip you like Jesus flipped the tables, boy. And I grabbed him by his shirt. And the guys was trying to hold me back. And I said, oh, snap. Because people on the elliptical, you know, people up there on the track looking. It don't matter how many videos you got online, Josh. It don't matter how great from the distance. Not everybody got time to investigate. Nobody got time to investigate how good you are. Some people, you only got one opportunity for a good impression. And when I saw everybody looking at me, not everybody heard that man call me a B-A-N. Nobody, nobody heard that. I said, man, I can't be, I, even though he deserved it. Man, I would start talking crap like, man, boy, I, boy, I, I was putting God to the test. I was like, man, boy, boy, boy I ain't going to say what I said to him. I ain't going to say what I almost made my angels do to him. Oh, man, I about put my angels to flight on that joker. I almost put my angels to flight on that joker. And I would look stupid because my angels going to be like, bro, we can't do that. I'm like, dang, angels, you can't really, you can't make his car flip over. You can't, you can't send fire down from heaven, angels. 
bruh, when you get caught up like that, I'm about to put my angels on them. And then I was like, God, I'm gonna talk to God in the car. God's like, bruh, you know I can't do the angels like that, man. You know, I, you know, you know I can't send the angels down there and wipe them out, bruh. Then I realized, man, I can't be acting crazy in public like that. Number three, oh, honestly dissect your feelings in private. So discipline and delay your reactions, practice venting to God, right? Privately, and honestly dissect your feelings. Those things will help. <laughs> Let's keep going for time's sake because my stories be getting in the way. How to increase your emotional intelligence, emotional control. Implement number three, implement healthy and effective outlets. You gotta, you gotta lift weights if you gotta lift weights, man. You gotta find outlets to get that energy off of you. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta go play ball. You gotta go lift weights. You gotta find some kind of healthy outlet, whether it's reading, whether it's just something, no, not necessarily read. You can do reading, but in some type of exercise format, you gotta get out. You gotta lift, get that tension off you. You gotta have outlets to win. When mama, you got the pie, but you know you still gotta get some outlets. You gotta be like, you know what? Because next time I see her, I wanna be, I wanna be better internally. Number four, how to increase your emotional intelligence. Number four, create positive and biblical thought patterns. You gotta change the way you think, my friends. You gotta create positive and biblical thought patterns. You gotta say, okay, now I gotta change my mental settings. When I'm in these environments, I started studying scriptures in regards to. Um, self-control and all that kind of stuff because i was like man i can't be acting like this in, in public and for the last 50 or 60 times i played basketball i became better and it's because of god yo I, because once i saw the eyes of people looking at the situation that's all i needed i said you know what not again i gotta now when they see me i don't want them to see an angry black man i want them to, i don't want them to think about athletes and ballers looking all reckless what I say, you know what? I got to make sure I represent Christ better. So I changed that mental setting over and got rid of that goat God complex of, of you, you the greatest that since just sliced bread, I had to get rid of that because that got in the way of my character. So I had to create positive biblical thought patterns that as I make those thoughts into patterns, see what I'm saying? And now, and now it becomes a way of, way of thinking now. And now I have a new way of feeling. How to increase emotional intelligence and control. You got to take your time and think and discern the consequences. Before I get in my feelings, what are the consequences? That's what I had to do in a basketball court. That's, next point with that says, take a few steps back and see the bigger picture and think three moves ahead. You got to take your time and say, okay, what could I possibly lose? That's my next point. Have something to lose and keep it on the forefront of mind. Everywhere I go, <clears throat> I keep my wife on the forefront of my mind. I keep my ministry on the forefront of my mind. I keep my legacy on the forefront of my mind. So I say, you know what? Is it worth losing these, Josh? And when I was in the gym, I said, is it really worth me losing my gym membership? Imagine you, I can't hoop no more. I had to really think about that. You got to have something to lose and say, you know what? I got to keep it on the forefront of my mind. That even though, because they, because do not hear me closely. If you didn't learn nothing from this broadcast, they learned this. Do not allow the insecurities of others to make you insecure. Do not make ins the insecurities of others bring you down to their insecure level. That's all they want to do. All they want to do is to bring you down to their level. Why am I going to go down to your level when I've been leveled up? You see what I'm saying? I done finally beat 
the villain on that level. I finally beat the devil on that level. And I got elevated to this level. And now you're screaming me to come down and re-beat, re-beat, repeat that level and re-beat that devil? I hate think. So you got to realize that when people try to poke at you, they're insecure. And what we do is we have too much pride over things. I got to be smart. Even when someone may try me and my wife in public, I still got to be smart. You see what I'm saying? You still walking away doesn't make you a pansy. Walking away makes you smart. Because some people, they'll, they'll try to push you to their level so they can prove they control you. No, you got to say, you know what? I'm going to keep everything that I love in the forefront of my mind. And no, now, now, now if you want to try me, now, if you want to get physical, we get physical. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to defend and protect. But if it's just sparring with words, I ain't sparring back with you. You got to take your time to think about and discern the consequences. What, what wrong could happen if I slap this joker? Take a few steps back and see the bigger picture and think three moves ahead, man. You People of purpose, people of legacy, they sue. <laughs> they, they, I'm telling you, they don't, they, they sue, boy. See, they'll take what, they'll take what you willing to lose. See what I'm saying? You got to think about the bigger picture, man. If I slap this, would I get sued? You got to think about it. All right, let's keep going. And you got to keep what you love on the forefront of your mind. Number six, you got to forgive quickly, yo. In order to increase your emotional intelligence control, you got to forgive quickly and remove. Forgiveness removes the power out of your triggers. When you forgive that person, they no longer can trigger you no more. That's the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness ain't about them. It's about you. You got to forgive quickly. You got to forgive your mom so that your mom can So when she's going crazy at the cookout, you eating that pie. Listen, listen, you can, you the only one, listen. Let them be the only one that looks foolish. And when you get to that boiling point, you feel the fool coming out of you, take your food and go. You see what I'm saying? But do not look like a fool in the presence of people who need to see faith. But you got to forgive them so that that trigger will be removed. They no longer have power anymore. Number seven, because we're going, we're going along today. Welcome the help and feedback of others. Not everyone is a hater. Increase your emotional intelligence is to be okay with criticism. To be okay to receive help and feedback, to be willing to grow. Number eight, you got to practice empathy. You got to all like Jesus did on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Most of the people that's doing stuff, they think they know what they're doing, but they don't even know what they're really doing. Because if they did, they wouldn't have done it. You see what I'm saying? So you got to practice empathy so that you can move on. Uh because when I interact with people and kids or people and they're kind of crazy or they want to act whatever towards me, my mind starts thinking why they're acting that way. Uh, okay, they're insecure about this, possibly because their mom and this, and, I, and then it makes me move on. I, what you're going through is worse than what, you, than what you're saying about me. Anybody who has time to gossip or talk about you or try to demean you publicly, their life is worse. Than what they're than what they're saying about you. <clears throat> Anybody who has time to talk about you and try to pull you down, their life is already worse. So have empathy. You just be like, you know what? You're going through some. Don't say it out loud. Just walk away and be like, you know what? They're probably just going through some stuff, and I'm gonna let it go. How to increase your most intelligent control? Number nine. Don't be too quick to say yes, nor too hesitant to say no. Honor your yes and honor your no. Emotional intelligence is being able to say, you know what? I'm honoring my word because sometimes we get so emotional. And like for me, I used to be the type of guy I want to save the world. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll, I got you. I'll do it. My need to belong. 
I what else I had an issue growing up and and I had to work on it even recently that that I love to be needed. And I had to realize, yo, is it because that you grew up as an only child? And I remember when I was an only child, I used to make kids stay up at sleepovers. Nah, man, why y'all going to sleep? Let's play more video games. No, 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 no. Because I felt like when they got, because I didn't like to be alone because I was always alone. Then when a guy healed me of that and I began to really see the root of that, I began to realize, Josh, it's okay to say no. No is the most powerful word in the vocabulary. No lends to self-care that I realized <clears throat> don't just be so quick to say yes Josh because you're hurting yourself in the process you see what I'm saying that it's okay to say no and on the flip side for those who always say no don't be hesitant to say no because there's some people that need you last but not least and we're done and then we'll get to some questions Joshua I'm so happy I caught you live I'm so glad I hope my season to have a lifetime partner is soon please pray for me sir I'm advancing God you guys got you God's got you. God made your wound. God is above time. God can redeem the time. God's got you. Some of us just got to make minor adjustments and then we'll see God come uh, in your favor. Number 10, you got to, in order to increase your emotional intelligence and control, you have to quickly learn from your mistakes and never make excuses. Those 10 things, if you really process that with God, I got the activity here to help you. Make sure I find that website for you all. So that you guys can uh, get that worksheet because I'm about to go over the worksheet a little bit right now. I'm not going to go over it too thoroughly because I want you to get it for yourself. But let me make sure I post that link for y'all to be able to uh, see it. Let me post it right there. Uh oh, there we go. <clears throat> so they go to link right there uh, for those who want to get the worksheet. But life work activity for this week is this. This week, I want you to process your emotions and the triggers associated with them. Utilize the worksheet below to process. I'll give you the first cu first couple of questions there. <clears throat> um, on a scale of between one and 10, how is your emotional control? One being poor control, 10 being proper control. What signs above are evident in your life? The signs of your emotional control. And then we go into some deeper points too as well. Oh, that's another paper there. Um, but I go into greater detail. Here's the worksheet here. I go into a greater detail. Um, and another sheet here too to help you process those emotions. But go ahead and get your questions ready. I'm gonna start right there under my name right there. And then uh I gotta tell me but one or two questions. I gotta do some stuff with uh the good guys podcast. <clears throat> we just released a video uh uh today's Wednesday, yesterday, seven signs that she's the one. Let me make sure I find that real quickly. Uh let's see. Uh we had a new um uh oh. Wrong one. Hold on, let me go back. I'm learning this new system. There we go. We have a new podcast that's up. Seven Signs That She Is The One. And so that's available on uh, the Good Guys YouTube channel. So that, that right there is available for you all. Let me go back to my brand. There we go. So <clears throat> that's there for you. But let me go through my products real quick. Of course, the product that sparked this uh, movement is The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? This book's available on my website. Um, if you're dealing with uh, spiritual warfare or strong uh, spiritual warfare, or if you want to know more about, more about the whole armor of God, I got a book here, World War Me, Winning the War Within. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom. See, that's how many of us are, the cage. God has been set us free, but we still want to stay in the cage. That book's available for you online. If you got kids, 
I created my first, my wife and I created our first children's book, As He Says, As He is for the students I serve. As He is just proverbial wise sayings. Um, that's me right there. Uh oh, my wife over there. So we have our own cartoon that by the help of God, we're going to create and enhance. Um, so that book's there as well. If you're looking to date yourself and the love of your life forever, I'm going to the comment section. Um, this book, Dating Prep, comes not comes with, but you have to buy it separately. I feel like a commercial. Uh, these two don't come together. You got to uh, get them separately. But Dating Prep has all the questions within my card game, Dating Prep. So it got questions for each level, the cloud phase, the cement phase, and the corporation phase. The cloud phase, y'all just met. Y'all get to know each other. These are great questions for y'all to ask each other. The cement questions is getting real. Y'all, y'all is getting real. And now y'all, <clears throat> whether uh, I, I'm working on getting the books on Audible, we're working on some things down the road. Um, Audible is as um, uh, is, is ultimate goal of mine, not ultimate goal, but it's one of my goals of mine to get all my books on Audible. So we're working on it. That's our goal. Um, but all these questions are in the book as well. And there's in this book is what's cool about it is there's activities to kind of help you answer the question. So for here is um, this activity is for godly habits. What are some habits that you do to strengthen your relationship with God? Uh, what are some new habits we can implement into our relationship to keep us growing in God? We are only as strong as our spiritual discipline. I go along with that. And I have activity for y'all to answer each other's questions where what are you going to do to strengthen your relationship with God? You got your answer and then you got their answer. Then you, So you basically, when you're dating yourself, you put your answers there. But if you're in relationship with someone, it's a great opportunity to get the book in the card game and play it together as a double date option. The double date option at the bottom, I never really talk about that, is do you remember? And so, you know, the girls, the uh, girls against or couple against couple. And so um, you pick a card, you write the answer down and give it to the girl, the other girl that you're playing with. And if the husband gets the answer right, your, your team gets a point. If he gets it wrong, y'all lose a point. He says, what, are the last, what was the last thing we argued about? Or what is my favorite social media account? If he gets it wrong, the other team gets a point. If you get it right, y'all get a point. Um, but also the third way to play is with the, with the pastor or with the mentor or counselor or therapist or whoever it is. And they pick the questions out and y'all process the answers together. But all that's in the book too. Um, book All these things on my website. I'll go ahead and put my website up right now so you guys can see it. Um, get the website up. I love this format here. All right. Uh oh, there we go. So that's my website there. <clears throat> but all the card games and books, and of course, the very first book that I wrote is Unplug. The top things we all need to unplug from. And last but not least, one of my favorite accomplishments is uh, Memory Muscle. It's a uh, uh, memorizing scripture. Um, so Joshua 1A, who knows what that is? I'm going to tell type it. Let's see, let's see who knows what this is. Joshua 1A, what does Joshua 1A say? Just off the top of the door. Don't be Googling it. God knows if you're Googling it. Um, ain't nobody comment yet? For time's sake, here's the answer right there. So it's a good way to memorize scripture on your own or uh, with a group. And it's a fun way. We played it with a small group before. And it's a fun way of, of how would you apply uh, uh, that scripture. Um, I think that's it. Uh, if you want to give the support, all that stuff's on my website right there, IamUnplugged.com. But let's go ahead and get some questions. Yes, my books are available oh, not on Audible, they're on Amazon. You're so welcome. God bless you. Let me find my other question. There we go. All right, next question. How do you communicate with someone who has a hard time effectively communicating with others, but also say that communication is important to them? I understand. That could be confusing. 
Um, how do you communicate with someone who has a hard time effectively communicating with others? First of all, you have to ask yourself what type of friendship y'all have. Um, because you don't have to communicate. If if communicating with them cause frustration, then you can limit your, your lines of communication. Um, but if you're married to that person, then that's when you really um, take the kindness road. And um, uh, it sounds like possibly it's a dating relationship. Um, but but at that time, at that point in the junction, if you're not married to that person, you got to say, hey, man, um, like the spicy chicken sandwich, communication sandwich that I talked about before, um, critique, uh, celebrate, critique, celebrate. So come in by, you know what, these are some of the things you're doing well. I like how you do this, but there's just a way you communicate. I just don't feel comfortable with but I know you're probably uh, doing your best, but I just want to communicate this concern to you uh, because it's bothering or it's kind of affecting um, the vibe of this relationship. And, and I just need to understand how you communicate and, and just, and ask God, what's the, well, this is what you could do that. And secondly, ask God, okay, God create the right climate or the environment for me to talk with this person, um, to really have an honest conversation about communication. Um, because we, like we said, some of us, we grew up in dysfunctional homes and communication was that way and communication for you was this way. And then coming together in relationship, there has to be common ground of communication, but y'all both have to communicate about communication so that y'all could both understand each other a way of communication so that you can find a common way of communication that's very clear for both of y'all. And that starts with communicating with God and saying, God, can you create, I'm coming to you, Father, for help first. Can you create a, 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 a day or a time where me and this individual can really sit down and really have a good conversation, vent your feelings out? Because if you come to them hard, you come to them hot, you coming in hot, you coming in uh, uh, upset about it, that person's immediately in defensive mode. You got to come in gentle, kind, calm previously vented all your feelings over to God. So then when you do come to that person, it's peaceful because you want to meet, you want to meet God's preparation of a peace with peace so that your, uh, so that your presence does, don't disrupt what you ask God to present for you. And then you have that honest conversation, but before you do it, when you fence the Holy Spirit of creating that, and that person's kind of open and wants to talk about concerns, Write, write, write your concerns down so that you don't lose track of what you really want to get out of that conversation. And even if that conversation didn't have for a month, keep that on your phone, keep that in your purse, so that when you do enter into the environment that God has opened for y'all to have that clear line of communication to talk about your communication, you have your points ready to go and your concerns ready to go so that y'all can have the right conversation and really have come with empathy. So really ask the questions, what could possibly make them communicate this way? Could it be from their upbringing? Could it be from this? So that you can have empathy and grace as y'all come together to run that race of a relationship if that's what God has for y'all. That's the best advice I can give you. Um, because their communication is important to them, but it's their form of communication. So y'all got to come into agreement to find out uh, how should we communicate going forward and how can we best communicate uh, if we're going to be in, in partnership together. All right. Great question. Next question. Madeline says, if someone called you petty, that's supposed to be your friend when you weren't being, when you weren't, being better. Is that a good friend? I mean, yes, that was me then, but all that has changed. I feel like she's stuck in the past. Some people, some people are stuck in the past because that's all they know of you. Um, what I would do in that situation is, is to keep it very clear to them and say, you know what? This really bothers me when you say this. It bothers me when you keep calling me petty. That's who I used to be. Um, if, if you're genuinely my friend, do you have this conversation with them? 
If you genuinely, my friend, I, can you please not bring it up again? Can you please uh, 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 see me progressing beyond that? If they continue to do it after that conversation, break the friendship up. Some people, when you have friends, we joke, we joke. And there are certain spars or certain jokes that I know uh, that that's that's going too far, Josh. Um, they're your friend. They may not they may not be at that level or they may not be at that time in that place ready for that joke. So I modify myself to match, <clears throat> not lower myself to the level, but modify where they're able to understand. We understand each other. So have that conversation first and say, you know what? Uh, I don't like it, friend, when you call me petty. That's who I used to be. Um, um, I'm growing out of that. I've, I've beyond that. I will really appreciate if you stop doing it. If they start acting weird or whatever, they could be using it to try to pull you down to their level. There are certain friends that you have leveled up and they'll say buzzwords or keywords to try to get you back at their level so they can feel comfortable again because your growth is making them uncomfortable. But when you have that conversation with them and you say, you know what, I don't like it, and they stop, that's a good friend. If they keep doing it, that's a friend you have leveled up beyond, and it's time to cut that friendship off. Hope they help. All right. Next question. Melissa Lewis says, he who guards, oh, you giving the word. You giving the word. That's a good word now. Keeps his soul. That's right. That's the word. Thank you so much to find us. That was a good mess. Thank you. Thank you for, that was a word. God bless you. I'm glad it was. Are your books available? Okay, yeah, good. Okay. <clears throat> oh, same question. All right. That was powerful word. Thank you for being a God gets the glory. Our spirit. Okay, here we go. Jenny says, our spirit husband's real. How do they get, how do they get into our lives? How do we cast them out? Let me see what that is. I ain't never heard of that before. Someone else answered, asked that question before when I looked in the comment. Maybe it was you, spirit husbands. Let's see what that is. All right, some spiritual warfare stuff. Um, I don't know how the depths of it. I know there's there could be spiritual controls. Um, demons will utilize uh, people to try to control you through love spells and stuff like that. That's why you have to learn how to. And uh, go to my website right now. Go to iamunplugged.com. Let me put it down there for you so you can get this book for free. Anybody else can go there too and get it too. On spiritual warfare, so you can kind of understand how to guard yourself. Uh, let me actually post the. Um, the actual link that takes you right to the book. Uh, let me post that right here. So that link is at the bottom. If you scroll down, that link is there. Um, but that book will help you with spiritual warfare. Are they real? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, I know there's spiritual, there's spiritual components like that, that that are very real, where they spirits use control and try to bind you to a person, and you and you can't get married, and they try to keep you from being successful. If that's what I'm kind of perceiving now through the Holy Ghost, I think. Uh, how do they get into our lives? Um, probably due due to longing, due to uh, uh, a poor. Um, spiritual understanding who you are in Christ and how to use your weaponry against those type of tactics and how do you cast them out? Let me pray for you right now. Um, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for your power over this session and the power over my words. I decree through the Holy Spirit, through the power of God, I come against every demonic spirit that's controlling my friend here who asked this question. I command you right now through the voice that's been given, through the power that's been given to me through my voice, I command you to loose your hold off of her in Jesus' name. Every territorial spirit, every spirit of control, loose her mind, loose her body right now in Jesus' name. Father, I turn my attention back to you. Holy Spirit, I think that you'll give her wisdom and revelation by any and everything that's in her room. 
<clears throat> in her life right now that's, uh, that's, that's territorial to the demonic. And that she'll show her, illuminate them and illuminate them in her spirit so she'll throw those things away now to set her completely free. And we thank you for it being manifested in her life. Just let me do pray. Amen. But you have to cooperate with that prayer now. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to throw away, get rid of. It could be possibly being used uh, to keep you connected demonically to someone. But download that book and that'll kind of help you in the process. All right, let's keep going. I got two months. I can't go to two hours because two hours, the camera starts acting a little crazy. Can you define idolatry? I've been thinking about someone a lot, but I believe that I'm putting God first, but I want to be sure. And I, and I was triggered when you said the point about not controlling. Okay. Idolatry is when you put any, anything or anyone above God. Is the thing that you feel is the main source for your success, the main source for your livelihood, uh, because it, you you basically putting God in a resource category. You put this thing in the source category, right? Um, time kind of proves whether or not you made someone idle. Um, um, most of the time when we say we put God first, if we truly examine our actions and our lives and our intentions and our motives, we'll really see the honesty of that proclamation. Um, um, but when it comes to someone that you, uh, you said, I've been thinking about someone a lot, but I believe that I'm putting God first. Um, you got to ask yourself, is the Holy Spirit bringing that to, that person to your heart? And you start asking the Holy Spirit, why is this person in my heart? And if it's a love interest, someone that you're interested in, you got to examine your contentment level. You got to process those feelings because your feelings can have you flood into idolatry. Idolatry is not something that you did one time and you'll never do again. Idolatry has to be guarded at any time <clears throat> because new seasons bring new idols. You see what I'm saying? As you grow there may be that one new thing that you may find yourself overly overjoyed for, overly consuming, because how do I not know that I can't, I, I, that my kids won't become my idol? I got to already, when my kids come, I got to be prepared for the for the temptation to make them an idol and already suffocate that from happening. So idolatry is not some antiquated old thing that you once did and you got saved and you have to never worry about idolatry again. You have to constantly be on guard in idolatry and realizing, okay, is my heart really desperate for this thing or is it in desperately in love or is it uh uh immersed in love with god and that's where you know if you love that person <clears throat> and you're consumed with them and you're on their page a lot more than you in the page of the bible you're on their page more than you are on the page of your heart trying to figure out the will of god for you then chance are that person has became an idol in your life and all you gotta do is just self-examine and say you know what god i give this uh care to you that I really care about this person. I'm giving this care to you. Help me to care for them and, and be there for them the right way and not in the wrong way, if that helps. I got to go, y'all, because me and BD got to do a live, uh, Instagram live. I love y'all. Um, I pray um, this uh, session was a blessing to you all. Um, I know the Lord spoke today because it was very dense. Um, so I pray this is a great resource for you down the road that you're able to look through, um, timestamps below. I should have said that in the beginning. Um, uh, but I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, what else did I have for y'all? Let me check my stuff to see if I have anything I need to show y'all. I think we're good. I think that's it. Um, books, everything online on my website. Uh, let me make sure I put the website back up there for those who are, uh, let's see. There we go. Everything you know right there is on my website. I love y'all.
um, head on to Instagram. Me and B about to go Instagram live. Probably answer a couple of questions there. Um, there. So follow me on my coach Josh. Uh, website iamaplay.com. I love you. Y'all be blessed. Next week, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. Um, we might get into the book some. Um, we'll see y'all soon. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace. Also, t-shirts. It's the whole bucket from the course. Shirts on the website as well. It's probably up under this YouTube video. Uh, but all my shirts and all that stuff's on, on my website, iamaplay.com, card games, books, all that stuff. Love you. Y'all be blessed. See y'all soon. Peace.